0: Welcome to As the Season Turns, a podcast following each month of the year. As the hedgerows change, the full moons come and go, and nature takes its course in the garden. I'm Leah Lander, a nature writer and author of The Almanac, a seasonal guide. And this podcast is brought to you by Fern, makers of small-batch organic natural perfume, who blend, barrel-age and bottle four fragrances a year, released at the equinoxes and solstices. We hope that this brief guide to what to look for in the month ahead will awaken you to the rhythms of the year and help you, in the words of the poet Ray Carver, settle deeper into the seasons. I love the leap from August to September. August to me means a bit of lazing around, a bit of seeing people I haven't seen enough of, if I'm lucky perhaps the occasional day trip and night campfire and even the odd barbecue. It's sociable and busy and the living is easy and that's wonderful of course but September feels like a return to me. All through August I have projects and ideas buzzing around my head and hardly any time to do anything about them. This changes in September. The image I get in my head when I think of September is of new stationery a new empty notebook and a line of sharpened pencils. This is the moment that any mental space you gave yourself in August can come to something, when sparks of ideas can be written down and projects embarked upon, when blank pages can start to be filled. The equinox falls at the end of the month, and with it we are into the darker half of the year. Perhaps with it comes a seriousness, and a purposefulness. I, for one, am all for it. The naming of September. Zultin in Scots Gaelic, September in Scots and Ulster Scots, Man in Irish Gaelic, Main Fower in Manx, Medi in Welsh, Gwyngala in Cornish, and Septembre. September was the Roman name for this month, which means 7th month, dating from the time when March was the start of the year. The English names for the months follow this pattern for the rest of the year now, October being the 8th month, November being the ninth, and December the 10th. Most of the languages of the British Isles take a more agricultural approach to September though, Manfour in Irish Gaelic means mid and harvest, and is echoed in the Manx main fower, while the Welsh Medi means harvest or reaping. As often seems to happen, the Cornish name for the month, Gwengala, arises from Breton rather than from any of the languages of the British Isles. In Breton, September is Gwengolo, which may come from gwen, meaning white, and colo, meaning straw a reference to crops ripening and stems blanching in the sun. The scots Gaelic tzultin is from a word that means pleasing, pleasant or fat. There are good times and feasting to be had as the harvest comes in. The Romani name for the month is Rigeri masquero month of the gathering. This would have meant two things to the Romani. On the one hand, it entailed further travelling to help farmers bring in their harvests before the weather turned cool. But there was also the hedgerow harvest to gather in. Living so fully in the landscape, the Romanies have always made use of wild harvests. And this month, golden with late summer sunshine and with just a hint of autumnal cool in the air, there would have been blackberries and elderberries glistening and hazelnuts turning toasty brown in the hedgerows by the side of the road. All in all, this was an abundant time of year, with plenty of food to gather up and bring home to the family wagon, as well as providing plenty of agricultural work to help fill the family coffers. The Hedgerow in September This is the second great harvest month in the Hedgerow year. The Hedgerow is dripping with abundant fruits, turning fat and shiny, and the hazelnuts are maturing and dropping to the ground. Even the honeysuckle has switched from flowering to burying. The bramble harvest is in its final throes, and the leaves start to take on shades of autumn, as do the leaves on the rowan trees. Crabapples start to fall. The small mammals, woodmouse, vole, hedgerow, common shrew and hazel-dormouse, scurry about, laying food aside for the winter, or feeding themselves up for a long sleep. Sometimes hedgehogs produce a second set of hoglets in September. But these babies will struggle to fatten up in time for winter hibernation and may not make it through the winter, snaffled hazelnuts or no. Fiery milk cat mushrooms may appear next to the roots of hazels. There are increasingly fewer butterflies around, though you may see small tortoise shells and red admirals. Some caterpillars start to form chrysalises in which to overwinter around now while most others prepare to overwinter as caterpillars. Wasps, which have been feeding on aphids all summer and being rewarded by their queen with sweet treats, are kicked out of their nests around now, and so they hungrily seek out sweetness in hedgerow berries and fallen crabapples. On warm autumn mornings, tiny money spiders climb to the top of the hedgerow, spin a line and let it catch the gentle breeze, then lift off to fresh territory. Flower of the Month, Michaelmas daisy. Latin name, Aster amylus. Aster, from the Greek for star. Amellus origin uncertain. It either means from the river Mella, A-Mella, in northern Italy, or it refers to the fact that the plant is supposed to cure sick bees which produce no honey, or A-Mel. Common names, Aster, Italian Aster, Michaelmas daisy. The Michaelmas daisy is called this because it is dependably in flower on the feast of the Archangel Michael, Michaelmas Day, the 29th of September. A traditional rhyme goes, The Michaelmas daisies among dead weeds bloom for St. Michael's valorous deeds. It is no mean feat, for as the rhyme points out, most flowers have packed it in by now. But asters come along late in the year with colour and pollen galore. Their fuzz of yellow centered purple daisy flowers proving hugely useful to gardeners, bees, butterflies and moths alike. This is the time both to choose asters and to plant them. Get them and other herbaceous perennials into the warm earth now and let the autumn rains loosen and draw out their roots. The plants will be strong next year. Michaelmas has always been associated with the harvest and with the wrapping up of the agricultural year. And in the language of flowers, the Michaelmas daisy symbolises a departure or farewell. In the garden, it certainly heralds the beginning of the end of summer. Migration of the Month Nathusius's Pipistrel Bat The first hints that Nathusius's Pipistrel bats were making long autumnal migrations towards the UK and Ireland were when they started turning up on North Sea oil platforms, taking a breather from their mammoth journey and then hurtling off again into the sea spray. These tiny bats, their bodies just five to six centimetres in length, are this month heading our way for a cosy winter hibernation. Central and Eastern Europe, where the bats spend the summer feeding and breeding, have hard, cold winters, and so some Nathusius' pipistrels head south to Spain and Portugal for winter, while others head due west to enjoy the mild and soggy delights that Britain and Ireland can offer. Their spring and summer in Poland, Lithuania and Latvia will have been spent in maternity roosts of up to 350 females who emerge at dusk and fly through woodland treetops or over bodies of water, eating mosquitoes and other flying insects. The males roost nearby and spend hours each night singing social calls to attract females for mating. From the end of July, the babies are born, and each female will give birth to and raise a single bat, feeding it with her milk for about four weeks until it is able to fly and set about foraging for itself. By September, the offspring are strong enough to join the migration west. When the bats get here, they will be on the lookout for nooks and crannies, crevices in cliffs and caves and tree holes, and they make great use of bat boxes. The bats will forage for flying insects, flitting through the treetops at woodland edges and near lakes to build themselves back up after their long flight, and then settle in for hibernation before emerging and setting off across sea and land next spring. Cheese of the Month, Mont d'Or. September brings with it one of the events of the cheese year, the release of the Vacherin Mont d'Or and its arrival in British cheesemongers. Mont d'Or is made in Switzerland and France from the milk of cimental cows when they come down from the high summertime mountain pastures in the Mont d'Or massif on the border of the two countries. In the summer, their milk is used for comte and gruyere. But indoors in winter and fed entirely on hay, they produce less milk and it is fattier, so production switches. Mont d'Or is a nutty, smelly, unctuous cheese matured in a spruce collar, which gives it resinous notes. It can only be produced between the 15th of August and the 15th of March and is released onto the international market in September. The full moon that falls closest to the autumn equinox is always called the harvest moon. This year, The autumn equinox falls on the 22nd of September and so the full moon on the 21st of September is very definitely the harvest moon. The name suggests precious working hours extended by its helpful silvery light so that the harvest can be successfully brought in. Some other names for September's full moons include wine moon and song moon. These suggest a time of hard work and hard play. Harvest time would have meant a great gathering of people pulled from neighbouring villages to do the most important farm job of the year in a short time. Those people needed to be fed, wined and entertained. The light of the full moon would have extended harvesting hours as well as carousing ones. Here is a Hindu tale for September about Ganesh and the moon. The benevolent, wise, elephant-headed god Ganesh had a terrible sweet tooth. One year, on his birthday, his devotees plied him with his favourite sweet, modak, a delicious coconut and jaggery-filled dumpling. Ganesh could not resist. He ate and ate until his belly was even fuller and rounder than it normally was, and that was going some. Finally, he waddled off slowly through the night, with more modak gathered up in his clothes. Now, in these days... The moon shone full and bright all month long. But despite his way being well lit, he tripped and fell, tearing his clothes and scattering the sweets everywhere. The moon, who was vain and regarded himself as very handsome, had always thought Ganesh looked funny with his little short legs and his big belly. When the moon saw Ganesh looking so undignified, he fell about laughing and tears ran down his face, and this sent the usually gentle Ganesh into a rage. How dare you laugh at me, he bellowed. You think you are so beautiful. I curse you to disappear from the sky and never show your face again. The moon was mortified. No one would ever see his handsome face again. He begged Ganesh for mercy, and Ganesh quickly softened, but he knew that he could not take back his curse completely. There will be only one day each month when you vanish from the sky, and after that you will grow until you reach your full size, then shrink back to nothing again, he declared. And that is why the moon waxes and wanes. Ganesh's birthday celebration, Ganesh Chaturthi, is held on the fourth day of the Hindu month Budrapada, which this year falls on the 10th of September. It is celebrated with prayers, worship, processions and, of course, many sweets. Ganesh is widely revered as the remover of obstacles and as the god of new beginnings and projects, making him the perfect patron for September. The spring tides are the most extreme tides of the month, with the highest rises and falls. Neap tides are the least extreme, with the smallest rises and falls. Exact times for spring tides vary around the coast, but expect them around the following dates. Around the 9th and the 10th, and the 22nd to the 23rd. During the course of September, day length decreases by 2 hours and 21 minutes to 11 hours and 37 minutes in Inverness, and by 1 hour and 48 minutes to 11 hours and 43 minutes in Padstow. The autumnal equinox falls at 7.21pm on the 22nd. The equinox is the moment when the sun is directly over the equator, and so day and night are the same length. The word comes from the Latin equi, or equal, and nox, or night. Charm of the Month, Corn Dollies The corn spirit lives in the crop and at harvest time it is made homeless, which can't be good. The idea of the spirit of the corn, corn being a generic name for grain crops such as wheat and barley, was prevalent in pre-Christian, pagan communities throughout Europe. It must have at its heart the vast importance of this crop to the communities that farmed it. Sometimes the corn spirit is male, see the well-known folk song John Barleycorn for a manly personification but the idea of the corn mother and corn maiden was strong too. The harvest would have been carried out by gangs of men, women and children, and the cutting of the final sheaf of corn took on great significance, representing the end of a period of extremely hard work, the beginning of the harvest feast, and the housing of the spirit of the corn itself. This final sheaf was held up and proclaimed, then taken away and woven or plaited into a dolly that became the centrepiece of the end-of-harvest celebrations. After this, the dolly would be safely housed to keep the spirit of the corn happy over the winter, and in the spring it was ploughed into the earth with the new crop seeds. September Garden Meditation. We have reached another tipping point. This month sees the autumnal equinox, the moment after which the nights will be longer than the days. Stand in the garden and think about how the spot in which you are standing is tipping away from the sun into the darker half of the year. Your garden knows it and anticipates it. What has changed? Can you feel the nip in the air, a slight chill against your skin? Seeds are forming and falling to the earth to lie dormant through the long, cold months ahead, waiting for spring. Reproduction is being ensured everywhere you look, but so is survival. Know that hedgehogs, snuffling around your garden at night, are gorging on the bounty of the moment, fattening up for winter. And other small mammals are tucking away your berries and making cosy winter homes for themselves. Think about how your garden's role is about to change. It will soon become a haven and a refuge. Notice how most of your plants still appear to be soldiering on. But there is a change. They are no longer actively growing. All activity has been shifted now to ripening. Of fruits, yes but also of stems and leaves. Everything is starting to toughen up and shut down. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you've enjoyed listening, please do like and subscribe. All episodes are released on the first of each month. You can read more about the year ahead in my book, The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide to 2021 available in all good bookshops. This podcast has been brought to you by Fern. Fern is a natural fragrance maker based in Somerset. Working with the rhythms of the seasons, they blend, barrel age and bottle four fragrances a year, released at the equinoxes and solstices. Each fragrance is made to order for the names on the Fern Production Ledger. To join the ledger and find out more, visit www.fern.co.